You are listening to the Sweet 929 Podcast Network, only on Spotify. You're listening to Redesign, Rebuild, Reclaim, all guests here courtesy of the Tech We Like Hotline. Chuck Holiday here. My guest today, this might be the definition of pivot, repivot, adjust, rebuild, and just about everything else you can think of. Reconstructed, rebuilt from scratch. This woman has done it all. I've had the pleasure of working with her way back during our days in production, in my early days. We worked at thisis50.com, amongst other places. It's been a pleasure all of that time, and it's now a pleasure to welcome Maya. How do you pronounce your last name, Maya? Well, what's crazy is it's actually pronounced Maya Medina, because it means sweet, but it's every, in America, I just say Maya Medina because it's easy um, and it's spelled <laughs> that way. And I don't want to deal with people. I'm like, you know what? You guys just roll. If I had to correct people and say it's Medina, they'd be like, okay, yeah, whatever. Kiss my ass. You know, they would be like, I'm not saying well, that. Well, we're going to say Medina today. Okay. <laughs> All right. Maya Chuck, Medina. I, I challenge you. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Maya Medina, it is yeah. it is so, so good to have you on. Great to be you here know, with to, you. To... <laughs> I mean, just, you know, I, I'm not going to bore everybody for what you have done for my career early on. You know, that that's a whole nother show for a whole nother day. But, you know, definitely you have done a lot and you have done not only a lot, but you've done a lot across the entire country. I mean, you've covered three to four corners of this country over the past 10 years. How how yeah. is that how is that possible? How has mentally that been? Because I mean, I moved from New York to Charlotte and please, that took right. me three years to figure that out. <laughs> um, well, I honestly just really I feel like I am a true citizen of the world and I want to go everywhere. So um, I from Boston to New York to Miami to San Francisco to LA where I am now. I'm just really like <laughs> blessed. I know it's a lot. It's, it's a lot of movement, but I wanted to see everything that our country has to offer. You know, being first generation American, you know, I just feel like I wanted to really see like where the best places you know, in the United States for me, where I feel included. I feel like I see myself when I look out into, you know, the neighborhoods and I, there's things that elevate me. And I mean, nothing compares to New York. New York is where Chuck and I <laughs> met. And um, it's just an amazing, just such an amazing place. But at the same time, it's a hard place, you know, to be. Um, it's hard to me, like you really are always fighting in New York, unless you already made it, you're good. But if you're like trying to make it, which, you know, you and I came up together and it's hard out there. We had major looks. We were definitely pioneers in online streaming of urban media oh, yeah. and really like any only Howard Stern was like doing what we were doing. And he wasn't even, I don't think, videotaping at that time. And so like we definitely wow. did some next level shit 
uh, in New York City, the hardest city in the world to make it where there's so much competition. You know, we able we were able to do a lot, but you know, for me personally, after a decade, I was like, you know what? I don't feel like fighting this hard anymore. It shouldn't be this hard to do what I love and be recognized and 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 paid for it because. Uh, yeah, oh yeah. That entertain entertainment industry was a hustle, right? <laughs> so, Tell me about it. Just, yeah, just, I um, mean, I, I've always said, you know, I, I've always said over the years, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but you know, next to trying to make sure that you meet rent, one of the hardest things to do in New York is fighting for your invoice. Exactly, it's months. You're waiting <laughs> for money. You know, people want a piece of your money that don't even deserve it. You know, people are blocking your money. I mean, that's the worst part of the entertainment industry is the block that you think You're that you, you hit, that. you know? It's just so crazy how nasty people can be in the, in the music industry, so. You know what, we're gonna stay on this topic and we're gonna go a little bit more deeper into that. You have you have really dealt with a lot, and, and we're gonna cover we're gonna cover what we did in a few. I, I really want to address one of the things that I watched firsthand that you had to deal with, and, and you know it really bothered me a lot. Yeah, you know, obviously you are a very easy on the eyes woman. Let's call it what it is. You know you are not hurting in the looks department. You never have been hurting in the looks department. And you know you 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 got some curves going on. Here. So I know that that played a lot of really uncomfortable dynamics early on, especially in that industry where there really is no ethics policy, mm -hmm. if you will. And everybody is just kind of, you know, in it for himself and, and trying to take what's theirs and trying to take what's, what else is somebody else's. So, you know, how, how did that really build you uh, mentally into your move across country? Because that's a lot. Yeah. And it's it's just tough, right. you know? Well, first of all, thank you. And thanks for recognizing that. A lot of men don't even say things like that because they don't want to acknowledge that that inequality is rampant, especially in the entertainment industry. And, you know, women are looked at as someone to have sex with. Um, and that was a major blocker for me because I'll even take it a step yeah, further. So, you know, you, you women are looked at as property. Exactly. That too. You know, <laughs> that's even the worst part is, and, and they feel like they can own your past. And, and meaning like, if you're trying to make it, you know, they will throw as much fire in your past, you know, if you're not giving them what they want. And I am not a submissive person. I've never, I've understood the male and female dynamics since I was a little kid. I realized very young, like, your competition is not women. Your competition is men. So I got great at sports. I was picked winning basketball and football. I, I really was, I was like, you know what? I gotta be in line with these dudes, but at the same time, I'm gonna be subjected to harassment, which I would, you know what's so sad about that? And it's for many women, we're so conditioned to it that we feel like it's part of the game. So we need to, in, you know, it's, wow. yeah. So that was, and especially in the entertainment industry, it was a very, it was a balancing game of being wanted 
but also being a professional. You didn't want to, if you were too on either side, you were fucked. Because if you were too wanted, you were you were a slut. If you were too professional, you were, you know, a prude. People didn't want to fuck with you. So you had to be that fun person that people wanted to be around. And that really got tiring for me personally, because I'm like, fuck these people. You know, I'm like, these people are trash. Most of the entertainment industry has gotten there because they're friends of friends. And this is urban. This is not, you know, um, the whole music industry. It's not everything in urban, but I think mm -hmm. the time when we came up was a time when people were giving their friends jobs. They didn't belong there. You know, these people weren't professionals. So then on top of everything, I'm fighting with underqualified people to do the right thing at the end of the day. Very key. Very key there. <laughs> underqualified. <laughs> Very key. Exactly. And, wow, and Chuck, you are so right on and that. And we can say those underqualified people have been ousted from the in industry, most of them. Because you don't see a lot of the people yes. that I've had to play this shitty game with, you know, over the male female chase game, business people, you know that I've had, they're no longer relevant. They've done things that have finally, you know, the truth has come out about them. And, you know, from a very young age, I always knew, like, even though karma doesn't happen right away, but I always believe like, this person can't fucking make it like this. They can't, like the universe can't keep rewarding this type of shitty ass person. And of course the universe, <laughs> you know, they took care of it. And now I'm like, wow, like you really like- Oh, you know, karma works all days of the exactly. week. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, that's why I think Aries were good because we're resilient. We're not vengeful. We get revenge in being successful. And I always bring up the astrology thing, Chuck, because we are both Aries and we, we were eye to eye and really, you know, when you joined the round table, that was part of my vision to elevate the round table. And that's exactly what we did was did some next level shit. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm really proud of it. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, you were. I appreciate it. I, I'm damn proud of that run. And a lot of people, for those of you who are not familiar, we produced a show called The Round Table, um, The Round Table Show. Actually, I came on board after the show was already established. I joined the show in uh, probably late 2009 till around the towards the end of 2010. Ironically, one of my first, I believe one of the first guests that we had during my Rain. addition to the yeah. show was was fabulous. And this was an interesting, <laughs> interesting dynamic. You know, we grew up together in Brewood Project. So him and his brother was there. That was a very interesting dynamic. Yeah. But you know, I, I, I was always grateful for that. But then, you know, I look at the surface and that you brought in me. I was only maybe a year or two, you know, removed from even just getting into video in general. You know, I only gotten into video via an ex fling of mine and, you know, who recommended I do it. And to get in and, and to be thrown into the fire with that show. I mean, I already had a history in music, but, you know, I was more or less on the artist side years ago. So I knew some of the people that were coming in. Right. But to be thrown into that fire and to work with you as a woman, I was very excited about that because I, I, I'm such a champion of women who are bosses. Uh, I mean, just take me through. Right. I, I watched some of the craziness that you had to deal with in person 
And I mean, what kept you from bringing a nine millimeter into the <laughs> building every day to shoot people up? Because that's kind of what it felt like you were up against every single week. Yeah, no, that was, so I made it into a game and into humor. Like, I mean, many of those advances, even, even advances on during interviews, like little flirting and stuff like that. I think I did a pretty good job of flipping it. And in some cases, you know, like turning it into a joke and a laughable moment. And that's what I do in real life too, whenever I feel like, okay, I gotta deflect this. This is getting a little too out of control. Um, and that usually kind of calms people down too, because they're like, oh, okay, this, this chick knows how to play. So, you know, I don't know. Like some people <laughs> like it and they're like, you know, they want to keep going with the banter with me. And I'm like, I could play this game all day. We can do this, you know, like Big Light in particular, one of our posts on the round. He used to push my buttons all the time. Like there was actually a moment oh, where I almost broke a bottle oof. on Big Light's head because we were in a very heated. It was just the dynamic of, of power with women and men. Um, and that's another thing, you know, I have to commend you for and Lenny too. Lenny asked and you like there was never ever a power struggle with us like you you both knew another Aries by the way but you both knew my vision was bigger picture and it wasn't for my personal game like I wanted us to win even though I did not like you know enjoy big light like we had our good moments but you know I didn't necessarily approve of you know the dynamic him at the end of the day. <laughs> so, what'd you say? But you know what? I think that that really, just looking back on that and, you know, oh, for the record, me and Lenny yesterday had the same birthday. Really looking back on that, I, I actually, I always respected you, you know, the moment I walked in the door. I respected you more for how you handled the situation because honestly, I felt like it was outright harassment a little bit towards, a little bit late into my run, probably towards the middle of 2010, at least what I was seeing. And the fact that you were not only able to kind of shrug it off live on the air, which that alone was, you know, just just a feat in itself. But the fact that you still stood your ground while also doing it from a professional standpoint. I, I mean, I, I don't know how you did that because, you know, again, I, I felt like it was just a matter of time before you showed up and probably popped a couple. <laughs> I, I can only imagine. And, and then, you know, you're having to deal with this, you know, because he's trash and, and you know, he's scum. And, and you're having to deal with a lot of guys who are scum and schmucks, ghetto schmucks at that. You, you had came from uh, another, like another background, I guess, of, you know, doing a lot of PR mm. work and journalist work to now becoming a content creator because let's call it what it is that's you were a content creator yeah. at that time this was around 2008 mm -hmm. 2009 2010 and you were obviously producing you know internet streaming content during a time where this was not popular and you know i remember a, a lot of days you had to fight to get people on that show because they did not want to do anything that was streaming related how did you see that vision early on that a lot of other people did not see. I mean, now it's it's kind of commonplace today, but we're talking, you know, 12 years ago where people were, were kind of rolling your eyes, they were rolling their eyes at you going, this is only on the internet, yeah. you know, and people were not really receptive to that. Right, the internet was the low budget. That was like the internet 
was seen as a underground source of uh, media. It was not seen as what it is now, which is the driving force of all information comes from the internet. You don't look, you don't turn on the radio for the news. You know, I don't even turn on the radio, period, you know? Um, so it's just insane how much uh, the internet dictates what we do um, today. So first of all, it was awesome being a part because, you know, I'm in the first, I guess, year of millennials. And I grew up with, we grew up with technology. So I loved the internet. I started in marketing first. So I knew how to build online um, audiences. I worked for one of the first search engines that was not Yahoo and you know, it was like an alternative search engine to Google. And so it was really cool because I really mm -hmm. got to understand the ins and out of the internet, how to promote. I mean, most people don't know that I didn't just sit on that show and ask questions. I did so, I did the research. I also did all the promotion, all the marketing, all the um, syndication, which was brand new. You were the head producer. I mean, you were literally the executive producer of the show. You probably just didn't really announce that in full. But I mean, for all intents and purposes, this was your show. You were the executive producer. You wrote the show. You hired the people. You provided the kind of mood and the setting and the and the, the the set the tone right. of the show, especially the days that you were, the, the few days, because you were only, at least during my run, you were maybe not on the show, maybe once or twice. And boy, the watch two guys struggle through trying to put something together that a woman put together. Right. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Did you feel, you know, I mean, this was this was groundbreaking mm -hmm. at this time, which is why I think a lot of men really didn't respect it early on. In terms of the approach right. to it, it, was it just an everyday thing for you? Or obviously you just mentioned you were already excited about the internet. So did it make it a little bit easier that you were already kind of a, a product of this early going uh, uh beforehand anyway yeah it was a it was honestly a natural evolution i started kind of i was a journalist i was was always a music journalist i wrote for a lot of the urban magazines i wrote for everybody and that was my my strategy and i wrote for free so i i pitched myself to double xl to the source to all hip-hop i wrote 40 50 in 52 issues of hip-hop weekly I wrote for Revolt and covered, you know, their their events, you know, and I did that even after I so-called made it, um, you know, I didn't do that for free, but I'm just saying there was a lot of hustle <laughs> <laughs> involved in regards to like, you know, my evolution, but the idea was always to brand, syndicate yourself on as many platforms as you possibly can, and that was the journalist platforms, which were all going online so even the paper magazines that were double xl the source all that stuff that was paper was building their online presence but then you also had like the hip-hop dx the all hip-hop.com the two dope boys all these these dope blogs that were curating the culture that we really wanted because if you remember during that time the southern kind of uh hip-hop really came out so a lot of like the real hip-hop heads were looking for you know the Joel Ortiz <laughs> and the Joe Buttons and yeah you know, we were going online so for me 
I got excited because I saw how fast things could catch on. I remember my first video, breakthrough video, was talking about, and I taped this in a law firm library, okay? But that's how big of a hustler I was. I was working for a law firm, and this bitch, I took out my camera, and I was videotaping myself uh, talking about how Young Bird got slapped by Mano in Atlanta. And it blew up. It was, like, everywhere. And that was my first, like, holy shit. This, it was on World Star. It had millions of views. I know Mano called me, and he was like, I don't really like this, but at the same time, I like it. So I fucked with you. Like, and then me and Mano were like cool forever after that, you know, like, cause he knew I wasn't, I never took the approach of making people look bad. I just reported on the facts, exactly. you know? So um, I definitely felt like I knew. Yeah, he's a good dude. He, he, he understood. He's a yeah, good dude. Yeah, Mano's dope. So, um, it, you know, everything was history after that. And he always came on the show. Remember he came on the show. I don't know, oh, you weren't there yet, but he actually came on the show the first time we ever videotaped uh, the Roundtable show in a, because my whole vision, my big picture was I wanted an urban Jay Leno Tonight Show. That was what I was achieve, trying to achieve with the Roundtable show. And guess everyone's doing and, that now. And you accomplished that. Yes, but... You accomplished that. I mean... But a lot of people have not really been able to duplicate that in such a way. And I can even recall a couple of times where some networks even had us recreate the show, but they tried to recreate our show with us in their vision right. and it still didn't work. Right. Yeah, BET. And that says a lot. <laughs> BET tried yes. it, and it and it wasn't, <laughs> nice. you know, <laughs> like people, they weren't ready for us at that time. We were so groundbreaking. Imagine doing this over 10 years ago when the, there was no Instagram. Facebook was for fucking college students, you know, like it really wasn't <laughs> what it, we had Black Planet and MySpace and those you know, so it wasn't like, it really was not, people thought it was a kiddie thing. You know, they're like, oh, the kids and the internet, yeah. you know, but guess what? Look at it now. Look how it's running the freaking world. So um, I definitely was excited about that, how fast things could spread. And that got me really, because um, I was like, how am I going to get myself known out here? How am I going to get the credit and the acknowledgement? And I'm like, okay, I see what I have to do. <laughs> get on the internet you know like <laughs> I need to be on that shit no you did you did and obviously that transformed into another uh, show that um that started that was also another groundbreaking show at that time and, and you know a lot of people are still trying to emulate that that format with the Cindy's and yeah, you know, I remember I was there when the Cindy's started yep. I remember the concept I remember when you began with the idea and, you know, I was all on board from the beginning, but a lot of people did not understand this concept. Mm -hmm. And how did you how did you feel early on when you had some of the bigger names behind the scenes that were unqualified, not really understand the vision after you successfully put together a show that was already running and already had gotten a huge space in that element? Well, again, you know, unfortunately, I do have the affliction from just being a woman that, like, I have to prove my worth all the time. And it's really sad because a lot of women feel that way, that we need to 
do so much grunt work to show that we're worth it. And I remember the Cindy's was, I was like thinking, okay, we need a girl presence in hip hop. There isn't one that's like, you know, multiracial, multi different opinions. Um, one of like, we were all really kind of sassy in our own way. Um, and it was funny cause I had my show uh, no, I got the roundtable show on This Is 50, um, which is 50's uh, online network. And it was really supposed to be like a TMZ for Urban. So we were like the first kind of real regular programming for them. Um, so I thought it would be like a no-brainer for the Cindy's to also get on that platform. But of course, you know, it was a power move made by a male per- male executive that didn't belong in that position and ended up, you know... Well, under, underqualified. Exactly. And just a nasty... Definitely, I'm sure there's many women in the Me Too movement against that guy. And I've never even said anything about that because, you know, I'm just like, I don't need to... This guy is a douchebag and just a piece of shit. So I don't need to go out and fucking blast his name and give him... You know, he he was very he was a yeah, very I mean, bad part of my career. Yeah. So I, we don't need to announce that to all of you guys because let's just you know try to set an example of we don't need to air everything out. This person has they are fucked basically in the industry. They've done so many wrongdoings that they're now living that that life, and it's gonna ha- it happens for everyone. So um, anyway. I saw a lot of blockers with the Cindy's because we were kind of sexually also charged. We weren't afraid to talk about sex and all the funny things that we, you know, encountered with sex. Lots of jokes. Um, It was very, it was progressive, you know. And when we talked to artists, we had everybody up there as well. We had Mona Scott before Love & Hip Hop. I actually signed on for the first Love & Hip Hop, fun fact. Um, wow. However, it didn't work out because they wanted me to manage so Maya Reese and they really script, you know, they wanted me to like be somebody that I'm not. And I just, I'm, I'm glad I actually didn't do that the way that they portrayed the whole situation. I'm just glad I, you know, I, I did tape for it, but it was cool to have, that was before like that. Yeah, we had real world and that crap, but nobody really, I mean, I wasn't into real world, but love and hip hop was interesting because it was all the like New York kind of crazy, you know, people that are, I don't know, entertaining in New York. And you're like, Oh, this is going to be a fun show. So I remember like getting all these, these people that also were kind of groundbreaking in their time. Um, but still, there was a huge kind of resistance. I had to like, you know, we had to hang out with Q from World Star, and and rest in peace to Q. He definitely gave me some looks, but let me yeah. tell you, he didn't make it easy for me, and I didn't have to do anything to compromise myself physically. But excuse me, I did have to compromise myself in terms of like kind of groveling to ask him to post stuff for uh, for us, like. Can you just post this on like what the fuck? Like where this gets views, you know it gets views, but yet you don't want to post it because he w- doesn't want us to get too big. You know, it was like very you yeah, know. And, it nasty. Was, and it's a lot of the whole. It's a lot of the whole women or bosses element, right. and I felt like that was such a resentment from men yeah. in general. Nobody wanted women who were content creators or in charge of something 
to just even get any exactly. little bit of notoriety. I felt like it was really, like you said, it was really a pecking yeah. order of sorts. And that was, it was sad to watch. You had to claw your way in. And it was really, you know, it was, and, and claw and stay fighting the whole time. You always had to watch your back. You know, you always, you're, you put your heart and soul into something that isn't paying off, you know, because like I felt like we were making major strides. Like people started coming to our show before they would go to Hot 97 and Power. That's how dope our show was. That Kelly Rowland yeah. stopped by in the fucking audience to see. That most deaf just stops by. Like that's how dope the show was. That people who weren't even on the show we're coming to see what are we doing what is this show about so that to me luckily was enough payment to keep going and and, and knowing that it was being well received however you know what pushed me out at the end was like i'm sick of this shit these people are bums that i have to fight with you know they're like i keep saying and you are agreeing they're underqualified they don't belong and i have to sit here and fight with them and i'm like i don't want to be in this club this club is shit you guys are not good to each other in this club so i'm gonna go make my own club make my money and have a good life and focus on the important things not this bullshit and, and let's and let's get into this yeah. and let, let's get into this because obviously um you made a big move and you departed new york well that, that was a huge yeah. loss um in that industry but you you accomplished everything you wanted to that you felt that you could accomplish and you moved more into a corporate uh a setting after a while i know you spent some time in miami mm -hmm. you know, a lot of suns up buns up photos. <laughs> <laughs> gotta do it you eventually moved on did, did getting into the corporate space on on that at that stage in your life was it less difficult knowing that you had dealt with all of the craziness that you dealt with in the entertainment industry in New York? So what's crazy, Chuck, is that I've been in the corporate industry since I was 22 years old. It's I always had a job. Even when I did two shows and was going at 2 a.m. to clubs to try that's and get right. interviews. you did. Yes, you did have a, that's right. I was always My working. Bad. Yeah, you sure enough. I did. know, I didn't, you know, of course, like nobody really knew that because first of all, they're so just stuck. They only stuck on you when you're, you have tons of, you know, things going on around you. They didn't give a shit how I paid my bills, but they care, oh, she's talking to this person? Oh, she's at G-Unit? Yeah, they care about that, but nobody cared how I'm surviving out there. So I always had a job. Yeah. So for me, all it was was walking away from something that was beating me up mentally. And I was like, you know what? I need to do something new. And I also realized like it's bigger, it's bigger than this. My life is bigger than this. And sometimes you need to know how to walk away. Yes, it does kind of kill me because I think about it all the time. I was like, sometimes I'll say, maybe you weren't good enough. Maybe you, you walked away too soon. 10 years, you wouldn't, maybe you were just about to really, you know, do something big. But honestly, it was just too taxing on my soul. You know, I just felt so taken and like empty from it that I was like, I'm going somewhere where I can make money. And it wasn't easy. Let me tell you, when I went to Miami, it was, I had to also start basically fresh. I had to, I made a, 
I had to take a $30,000 job, okay? It was commission-driven. But imagine $30,000 in 2014. Yes. Okay, I couldn't, I could barely, you know, pay rent. I was like, really scraped. Luckily, I'd only lasted like four months until I found something. But I was like hustling the shit out of myself. You know, I really wasn't afraid though to start over. And I think that's really important because when you are afraid to start over, and that's an Aries thing, I think we are never scared to start over. That's actually easier for us than to follow through with something, and that's our problem. But Agreed. You know, I'm like, let's start something new. But, you know, for me, I just really, I had my own, I, I got into talent acquisition and like building building teams for companies and I've been doing that since 2011 while working in the entertainment industry and then in 2014 I really just started focusing on it and started then moved to California was working for Tesla for several years um, and and got into the tech world and I was like I can make freaking my six figures here and have a good life and I love what I do I build people's companies up with great people I give people jobs every day you know it's really rewarding and on the side I do you know things that I'm passionate about still I launched my store cozy sexy cool shop I'm just starting to design my own pieces which is helping my creative kind of um, you know part of me that that needs it it, I cannot live without being creative real quick before we wrap up you know, I, oh, first and foremost, we got to get a fragrance for Cozy Sexy Cool. Okay. So definitely, we got to talk about okay. that. Before we wrap up, you obviously now migrated over to the West Coast, got a better quality of yeah. life, which is very key. Do you think that with what you're doing now has kind of made it rewarding to, to at this stage of your life? More so than just kind of the craziness. I know you just mentioned you know, it, it was tough to leave New York and leave right. that, that whole thing behind. But to now make this much of a difference with what you're doing today, do you think that do you feel more rewarded, uh, at least on a daily basis with the bigger picture? Um, I, You know what, Chuck? I, I do feel more rewarded, but I always, I'm also one of those people that's like, you can do more. You can do more. I know I can do more. And I, and I'm still trying to figure that out but I feel like I'm on the right path now right now I'm in a position where I can do more because I first when you're financially stable you feel more free especially in America this country makes you feel like shit when you don't have money together and now that my shit is like I am good you know like I don't I can actually do stuff that makes an impact help other people you know start other kind of uh, ventures I didn't let the whole New York thing, like, I don't feel like a failure. I don't feel like that. I, I have, of course I have like, like I not ideas, but I have thoughts of not being good enough, but I never feel like I failed. And I think that's also important. No, you left your mark. You left your mark in New York. You left your mark in New York. <laughs> we you. all know that. That's that your rep is bulletproof in New York. You left your mark. Thank you. <laughs> you know, and that means a lot to me. And I think that's, for me, I don't ever feel like, because this is, I don't know if it's something from my childhood, but I never feel like it's good enough. So I'm always pushing for more. But I do, like you were just saying, like I do feel 
like I can enjoy it, like I can enjoy it more because I don't feel like I'm pushing against the grain as hard. As a woman, you're always pushing against the grain. But I feel like things have kind of more fallen into place that want me. You know, when you don't feel wanted, and I didn't really feel, that's what pushed me out of New York at the end. I didn't feel like it was giving me back what I was giving it. You know, I was giving it everything. Like I love, you know, the, and I love hip hop, like I, the culture, you know, and I was like, I have to be somebody that's gonna infuse, you know, truth and bring like more light to all the great things you know, that it's done for us, that kind of stuff. But, you know, you gotta, you have to evolve too. And you just, if something doesn't feel like it's, like you're not growing, you have, at some point you have to say, okay, <laughs> I gotta pivot. I'm gonna get you out of here. Which of the three uh, words define you right now? Redesign, rebuild, reclaim. Oh my God, they all represent me. Um, but I would say like, I would say read. I would say they all represent me, honestly, because they they really go hand in hand with each other. Because when you do one, you have to do all of them. It feels like you know. So I, <laughs> that's kind of where I'm constantly doing that, and I think that's key. Um, and you do that too. Like you have your cologne line. You have all these new new things. You you thought of doing this network, you know, before these ideas were really even done so like just being multifaceted is really important um as well this is definitely a celebration but yeah. um i appreciate having you on likewise chuck very much appreciate having you on you know i'm i'm so proud of what you're doing right now and i, I really 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 appreciate everything you've done for me early in my career um likewise. you know without that i don't know where i would be well i know where i would be i wouldn't i wouldn't <laughs> be there but yeah, I'm very much appreciative of what you have done for not only myself, but for others and what you have paved the way for. Um, thank you, Chuck. Throughout these and years. And thank you. And you were always, like, we always saw eye to eye. One, one thing that I think is really important that we have that not, I don't have that with many people. We have such an open communication style that we can say things to each other. <laughs> not necessarily hard yes. things, but we say things that are super real that some other people might not be able to take, but it pushed us to do better. So I appreciate that relationship. And I value that, which is why we always work together throughout the years, no matter what. Exactly. And I think we always, so. whenever I had a, you know, a project, I would always think of you and the same for you. And that's valuable to me is someone that thinks about you when you're not around so uh again the relationship is uh, very very valuable to me and you know you mean a lot to me and i'm so glad you know you're just growing and you know how to do this podcasting thing now you've seen it happen you've been the behind the scenes magic so it's only natural for you to do this and this is really good content um as well it's not like so uh like you can't find this everywhere so i think this is i, I mean i enjoyed my conversation with you and you asked really great questions so it was nice to to catch up well, thank you maya thank, <laughs> thank you. you ladies and gentlemen <laughs> maya medina medina that last name yes. right <laughs> Redesign, Rebuild, Reclaim, presented by Sweet 929. All guests appear courtesy of the Tech We Life Hotline. 
can catch all episodes on Spotify as well as Sweet929.tv. Maybe not all episodes there, but you can at least catch the show page there. Chuck Holiday's the reluctant host. <laughs> I like that. Signing off the three R's.